Hello everyone, my name is Carolyn. Welcome to the Saving for Your First Home podcast. I am the CEO of The Financial Moment. We offer money coaching for those who are ready and willing to make financial changes in their lives. For the most of us, there comes a point in time where we think to ourselves, it would be really nice to own property. But it sometimes can feel like a pipe dream and not very easily obtainable. So I created this podcast to give you all the information and tools you need to take the steps forward toward home ownership. Take it from me, my husband and I started our lives together working part-time jobs with a young child. Fast forward through many hiccups and failures, we stepped our feet into our very first home. For us, it was a pile of dirt, but eventually our family home was built on that dirt. Now we are in the midst of growing our investment property portfolio. I created the Savings for Your First Home podcast to give you easy, actionable tools for you to do the same. If you have that same gut feeling that I did and want to create a life for yourself and your growing family, but don't know where to start, you are in the right place. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Saving for Your First Home podcast. This week is a special week because we are celebrating women around the world. It is International Women's Day, and what better way to talk about women and their relationship with finances in their everyday lives. So when it comes to our finances, women often have to deal with extra hurdles that male counterparts really don't. And I mean, most women and men would openly acknowledge that this is the case. Because if you think about it, there are different financial needs that women have that men really don't. So for example, in the area of your career and what you want to pursue, that is definitely different than how a man would pursue their career. In addition, the way they think about long-term care planning is very different than how a male would think about it. And finally, budgeting. We both have a different type of perspective when it comes to our household budgets. So I thought today we could go through some issues that only women face and talk about ways that we can overcome these issues. So the first thing that women have to deal with is the gender pay gap. Most of us will agree that women historically get paid less than men. And the stats usually say it's around 80% of what a man will earn. So if a woman is getting paid 20% less, obviously that's going to have an impact on retirement savings. It's going to have an impact on how you invest. And it's going to have an impact on your daily budget. And the percentage for a woman of color is actually even less. It's around 65%, thus creating a definite disparity between men and women. So if you look at this issue, you kind of think to yourself, well, what can I do about that? And there are a couple of ways that you can kind of overcome this issue. And number one is to ask for more money. I think that women tend to be a little more shy when it comes to negotiating their salaries, but they end up leaving some money on the table because their years of experience or their qualifications definitely make them equivalent to their male counterpart. So if you're on Instagram, there is an influencer called Mandy Money, and she talks all about trying to ensure that you have been paid what you're worth. So if you're on Instagram, check her out. She is a career coach and is saying some great things about how women can advocate for themselves. 
which leads into my second point, which is to speak openly about money. For some reason, men don't seem to have a problem with this, but women feel shy about talking about money out loud and about what you earn. And keeping it in the spotlight arms you with the right tools because once you understand how much income you're actually losing out on, that will maybe empower you to feel more confident to start the discussion about negotiation of your salary. You know, it's interesting because I have a personal story to share. When I was seeking full-time employment after I had finished my university education, I had an interview at an employer and I had gone through a couple stages of the interview process. You know, the first stage is the HR person, you know, does a pre-interview. And so I passed the screening. I had all the qualifications for the role. And so I went on to stage two, which is where you meet with the appropriate manager and you have an interview and a discussion with them about the job. And No, again, I didn't have a lot of experience coming out of university, but I definitely was qualified for this particular role. And at the end of the interview, they had a very interesting question for me. And even though it's been probably 20 years, I remember this question vividly. He said, is there anything in your personal life that would prevent you from doing the best job possible? And it kind of took me aback when that question was asked because isn't this about your professional life? So I took a minute to think about that question. And then I answered him kind of honestly, I said, I have a young son. And there's times that I'm going to need to give him my attention. So that would be the only thing that would prevent me from doing the best job possible. Now, I think if it was a woman interviewing me, I would have gotten a different response. But basically, after I answered that question, there was dead silence. And they thanked me for my time. And that was the end of the interview. And I know that I was at the tail end of this process, and they were going to offer me a position prior to that question. And sure enough, there was no callback, there was no feedback as to why I didn't get the position. But in my heart of hearts, know that because I was a woman with a child, it had an impact on me performing in the role. So it just kind of goes to show you that there are those discrepancies that we face because we're women. So another issue that women face is lack of financial confidence. And this is another way of saying just lack of financial literacy, to be honest with you. Women tend to be more conservative and less confident about their financial expertise and experience. But since you guys have tuned into the podcast, I know that's not you. (laughs) Obtaining financial knowledge is the key to feeling confident about making good financial decisions. If you lack this confidence, it can lead you to being risk adverse which is going to have a definite impact on your investing decisions. If you're anything like I was, staying on top of your budget is not an easy task. Paycheck to paycheck would go by and you're no further ahead. For my listeners, I am giving you this free guide that is going to take you to the next level. It's got 10 easy tips to follow to help you stay on track with your budget. Just head to thefinancialmoment.com backslash budget dash tips. Enter your information and you can download this guide right now. So seek out 
the appropriate information that you need so you can feel confident about making good financial decisions and choices. Now, another thing that impacts women in particularly is our longer lifespan. It is a known fact that women generally outlive men. So if you're reliant on your male partner's income, this might have an impact on you. So again, preparation is the key. You need to make sure that you're funding your own retirement and your own long-term care plan. And this is where insurance comes into play. You know, I am not an insurance expert, but there are all sorts of different types of insurances. And you really need to seek out that information that you need because as you get older, you know, your health might not be 100%. And there are insurances that are going to help you in the future to protect yourself. Now, another thing that we have to think about as women is our caregiving responsibilities. And this kind of goes both ways. So caregiving can mean caring for your little ones. So if you have children and you are planning to return to the workforce, that is a decision that you have to make and money can play a factor. I would call that a financial moment, to be honest with you, because you need to make a decision whether or not the daycare is going to be equivalent to what you're making in income. Because sometimes if you have multiple children, it really doesn't even pay to go back to work. So these are the things that women has to think about and whether or not their secondary income is necessary to run the household. In Canada, we are fortunate right now to have a law in place where a woman can be off work from their employment for 18 months. I know it's insane if you compare that to the American laws. So 18 months, you can be home with your child and your job is protected. Now, the only downside to this is that over the 18 months, they are paying you the allocation for 12 months. So it used to be 12 months and they extended it to 18, but they really didn't give you any more money in employment insurance. So you get more time, but you don't get more money. <laughs> but so this is where I keep stressing that planning is important. So if you really want to save money on daycare costs, perhaps that outweighs heading back to work. And now it's easy to make an emotional decision like, yeah, of course I want to stay home with my kids. But we also need to make a financial decision. Is your budget going to be affected if you don't go back to work and if you have to incur daycare costs? These are the things you need to look at before you make those kind of decisions. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you will know how to create a cash flow statement. And if you don't, then head back to some of my earlier episodes. I think episode one to eight is like your foundation of how you should structure your financial planning. So anyway, if you know how to create a cash flow statement, which is taking your income and you're lessing your expenses, you need to do this exercise as if you are already off on your maternity leave and you're not going to return back to work. So you do the math, you see how it all plays out. And if there is a shortfall, if there's not enough income to cover the expenses and you really do want to be off with your children, then there needs to be sacrifice. And you need to go through line by line through the expenses to see if there's anything that you can remove. So an example of this would be maybe you have two vehicles. An operation of two vehicles, you know, comes with 
extra costs. There's insurance, there's gas, there's maybe a car payment. And so perhaps you need to eliminate that and only go down to one car. And this may offset your expenses and make the income more in line. Right. So I just don't want you guys to have these emotional decisions without doing the work and really determining whether it's financially sound to make these decisions, because, you know, what's going to happen is you're going to end up in debt. You're going to make a decision emotionally, and then all of a sudden, you're not going to have enough money to do the things that you want to do, and you're going to tap into debt. Now let's look at the other side of caregiving, and this is when our parents are aging. These are important conversations to have with your siblings, with your spouse, because you know, oftentimes, you know, the the women is responsible for taking care of their parent. And I'm not saying there are not some great guys out there that take care of their parents, but for the most part, women usually have this responsibility. So again, this is all about the planning. You need to have those conversations early on, determine what the plan is going to be, how that's going to be paid for, and then incorporate that into your financial position and statement. Because caregiving could involve you having to reduce the number of hours that you're working because now you have to take care of your loved one. It can mean that you need to hire a caregiver. It can mean that the the parent maybe has to go into a nursing home, which can have an added cost as well. So again, very important conversations that need to be had that need to be planned for so that you're not in a position of scrambling when these things do occur. And then finally, I kind of wanted to talk about the D word, which is divorce. You know, a lot of women suffer financially during and after a divorce. And it really can have a negative impact on how to plan for the future of their new future of being single. And so this is where I would highly suggest that you reach out to a financial professional because it really has a negative impact if you're not prepared for something like this. For example, where a woman hasn't worked for the majority of their marriage and the male counterpart is the primary source of income it's going to be a shock to the system when they have to cover expenses, maybe find employment. There's a lot of impact that can come from having a divorce. And so this is where it is super important to seek out professional help to ensure that you don't end up in a position where you're spiraling into debt. Planning, planning, planning. I cannot stress that enough. So just to recap, what we can do as a woman to advocate for yourselves is to number one, think about the wage gap. Do you need to negotiate a new salary for yourself? Or do you need to step into a new position that is more of your worth? Think about that. Secondly, let's talk openly about money, right? Don't think of it as something that is taboo. Have open conversations with your friends, with your family, and even with your coworkers, right? You might find out some new information and then get financially educated in whichever way suits you the best. We have savings challenges that we've done. We have coaching programs. We have guides that you can download and use as reference. So there's no excuse for you. <laughs> Make sure you get yourself financially educated and, you know, seek out a coach. 
I'm here for you. I'm rooting for you. And I want to help you in your financial journey. So I have one last question for you as we end off this podcast. If you're a woman and you have children or plan to have children, ask yourself, what would you do if they were struggling in a particular area? Let's take education as an example. Their teacher approaches you and says that your child is struggling in math. And you know that you've seen your child put in the hours, they're working on the problems, but they're having difficulty really succeeding in this class. And the teacher reaches out to you and says, okay, I think it's time for some additional help. And what would you do? What would you say? I'm sure the motherly instinct would say that, of course, I'll get whatever help you can provide so that my child can excel in this course. Now, sometimes that additional help can come at a cost. Perhaps you need to get a tutor or you need to put them in Kumon or other programs that will help them to improve their math skills. So what is the natural instinct? The natural instinct is to do whatever it takes so that they will succeed. So my question is, what will you do for yourself? Will you do whatever it takes for you to succeed on your financial journey? As women, we need to advocate for ourselves. And by doing that, you will not only advocate for yourself, but for the people that you love. All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful International Women's Day. Celebrate the women that you love. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening. We are committed to helping you place your very first steps into your new home. See you next time.